Hi, and welcome to this supplemental episode of Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. This is Sue, and today I am bringing you audio from red carpet interviews at Paley Fest last weekend. At this event, I teamed up with Elijah from Priority One, our sister show on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Priority One is a magazine-style show covering Star Trek news, Star Trek online, and everything from the Star Trek multiverse. So you'll hear a bunch of different questions throughout these interviews. In order, we speak to Anthony Rapp, Wilson Cruz, Doug Jones, Mary Wiseman, and then Sonequa Martin-Green. So without further ado, let's get to those interviews. Well, so I want to ask you some gaming questions. Yeah. Uh, why not, right? So I'm curious, how involved were you during the recording process at, with Star Trek Online? I mean, I had the script, and so I had to, you know, my job always as an actor is to bring the script to life, but it was really, this, the material was really good, so I didn't have, I didn't have to say like, well, do you really want me to say that? So it was more just about like getting to play the different tonal shifts along the way, and Involved in the sense of just getting to talk with them about like what they were asking for, or looking for. But it was also pretty like I don't want to say self-evident, like it was simplistic, but it was very well written in the sense it made sense. So then I could just like lean into it. Right, that's what it felt like. That you were able to just lean into stuff. Yeah, and it's like he's in my soul and in my bones. So it's kind of like putting on my favorite shirt now. Right, right. So and it was a cool way to be in a different space, headspace, and different environment to just kind of like zero in and focus in on just it's not you know when you're doing voice work it's not simply the way your voice sounds it's part of, that's all that matters in the end but I'm so physically committed and you know but it's a different kind of focus and you kind of like just get in a rhythm with it so it's like two or three hours only work I mean it's pretty fast but it's like it was intense well, it's been great cinematic wonderful in the game and you've been, you were fantastic so thank you so much thank for you. lending your my, voice it was an honor and a joy I know you get a lot of uh, talk and there's a lot of praise about finally having explicit queer representation yeah. in Star Trek. I'm wondering what you think is the next thing for Trek to do. Um, I think, you know, continuing to explore gender stuff is really important and meaningful and I think that's going to be part of our of our future storytelling awesome. stuff. Um, you know, like there's all different ways that Trek talks about race and 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 inequality, and I think those stories continue, especially now, need to continue to be agitated and explored. So, yeah. And, you know, it's like race, the way that Trek talks about race usually is different races of species. Yes. You know, we don't talk about race as humans so much, but, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, for thank your time. You. Oh. Mr. Cruz, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Look at that thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like something from Star Trek. Actually. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I've gone stopped at the airport quite a bit with it. I bet. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for how brave and courageous you are to represent so much diversity. As my family emigrated from Cuba, I'm first generation American, so representación is phenomenal. So gracias. Gracias, bye. But honestly, you know, you're thanking me for something that I am honored to do. Uh, it is my honor to represent. Latinos in this, and it's my honor to represent the LGBTQ community. Um, and it's an honor because we are part of the world. And there's no reason in the world why we wouldn't be a part of it. And so it's, I'm glad that, that Star Trek and media in general has finally caught up to that reality. Well, I want to ask you, being in Star Trek now, do you find that you want to voice the voiceless, give voice to the voiceless even more now that you're part of such a history of television of representation. 
Yeah, you know, I've never had, um, you know, I've, I've always been a big mouth, is the point, right? But now I just have a better platform. And, you know, I'm, I'm aligned with a franchise that has always been talking about these issues and to these issues and have, has always challenged us to be better, to um, live up to our potential. It's the easiest uh, world for me to slip into. Um, I feel like I have always been a Trekkie because I believe in the ideals that are presented through this franchise. Over the last season and a half, there has been a lot of discussion among the queer fan base about Cobra's story. Yeah, whether, Yeah, if you hadn't noticed, um, the tropes, what we're supposed to take from it, what do you hope that people in our community take from this story? I was talking to a friend of mine just yesterday at dinner saying there aren't a lot of examples uh, that I can point to on a personal level of long-term gay male relationships, right? Um, and I long for examples of that. What does that look like in our community? And part of it is not letting go when it gets tough. It's about staying in it and doing the work and keeping hope alive, even under the most dire of circumstances, like death. Uh, but that, you know, that's a metaphor for what, are, what should happen in a relationship, right? Is I'm always gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm always gonna make you an example of hope for me. I'm always gonna hold you up to a, to a bigger ideal um, because I know what you're capable of. I hope that's, um, what people take away from this relationship, that these are two extraordinary individuals, geniuses in their own right, empaths, but when it comes right down to it, they've chosen each other and they will continue to choose each other. And, and you know, the Admiral said it to me last season, she was like, love is about, relationships and love are about choosing to love that person every day. And I hope that that's what people remember when they watch us, that even throughout everything that they've been through, Every obstacle that's presented to them, they choose each other every time. We're from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Oh, hi. Hi, Roddenberry. <laughs> and uh, I love Saru. Thank you. I do too. Before, and anxiety and fear. And we, we saw Saru dealing with this a lot in season one. After Vaharai, we saw the change. But we're seeing maybe sometimes he's a little bit careless like the fight in the mess hall. Oh, sure. Is that something that is playing into this character where he's learning how to deal with not being afraid? Does that maybe, is, is that a continued struggle? Sure. Uh, I think it's, uh, to, to me, it's kind of like, I, I equate it with, with turning 18. And, well, you, my parents can't tell me what to do. I'm 18 now, right? So there's, Sarus might be experiencing a little bit of that. But through it all, he is maintaining his gentlemanly ways and his, his, he is a follower of the rules mostly and he he really does believe what starfleet stands for and and the ideals that, that are ingrained in him now that won't change but uh but leading without fear now he can do that now but like but things like like not breaking up the fight in the mess hall there was a reason behind it and he did explain that these two needed to get that out of their system and they were better off for it uh violence is he doesn't promote violence but that was a situation where there was some energy that had to be steamed off somehow, so they did it. 
and no, nobody, nobody got broken, thank heaven. In Star Trek canon, you could potentially be the first alien to take command of the title ship, and have already in so many ways. How does that make you feel? Well, it's, yeah, it's funny. Over the first two seasons, the captain's chair was left empty a couple times, and I was the next one in line, so I took it. Uh, as acting captain, I've never had the captain title or rank just yet. Saru hopes so, uh, but he also hopes so for Burnham because they, they love and respect each other enough that they really want that for each other now, too. What will happen in 930 years from now? Will, the, will there be a federation in a Starfleet that says, oh, no, we want one of our own? Or will there be us self-governing? Or what, what state are we going to find the world and Starfleet in when we get there? We don't know yet. So there's a lot of those un unanswered questions as we go into season three, but much potential. That's a really good point that you bring up. You know, in Voyager, uh, we saw that there was this battle of making sure that Starfleet ideals were maintained. In moving into season three, are those are similar questions brought up? Oh, absolutely, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I think I think in any season, uh, are, are we living up to our the ideals that, that we've established? Is this who we are? Every decision has to go through that milling process. Uh, and we're still doing that, of course. In the future, um, you know, uh, we, we land in a, in, a, in a time we don't recognize, obviously. Uh, so thank heaven we have those ideals to cling on to and each other. Uh, we, do, we do cling together as a family on our ship uh, because we've been through something, you know, unheard of together. We left a lot behind. We have a lot new to explore ahead of us. All we have is each other and those ideals. So uh, it's paramount that we keep them. Well, Mr. Jones, thank you so very much for chatting with thank us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Captain Killy, how are you? I'm good. Good to see you. I'm good to see you, too. So I do have to ask about Star Trek Online and you lending your voice for that. What was that process like for you to step into your alter ego for the game? Oh, that was so fun. Um, I, we only got a little bit of time with Killy, so getting a little bit more time to think about the character and play around was such a gift. I've never done anything like that, any voiceover work. Um, so it was really exciting and a new challenge and um, also something familiar. It was like uh, a marriage best of both worlds. Did you have an opportunity to see some of the animation and the cinematics for the game after, after it was released? I did. It looks so amazing. I can't believe it. I mean, it's weird to see yourself in, in digital form, but it's also like really freaking cool, so I I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a wonderful job. Have you and Anthony Rapp shared some behind-the-scenes talk about uh, Star Trek Online and perhaps any future projects? Um, uh, no, but I mean, we could. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Looking towards uh, Season 3, we know that Tilly has had some rough family relationships, maybe not the best with her mom. Is she looking at leaving everything behind as an opportunity, or is there a different sort of mourning process or loss process she has to go through? And it's an interesting question. I mean, I think whether this will be a good move for her remains to be seen. I think that no matter how complicated your relationship with your family is, there's still connections there, and there's still, for Tilly at least, um, a lot of love there and so it's still painful and I think honoring that experience is actually really important and I think the show does that. Even at the end of the second season when she says goodbye to her mother I think she's able to acknowledge their differences and still also acknowledge and allow into the room what is there between them, the love that is there um, and the respect that's there. So I, I'm more interested in relationships that have nuance and that are complicated like that because I find that that's true in, in life um, and we'll continue to honor 
both sides of that experience uh, as she as she moves away from it. But it will be a you know a moment for her to step out and take this you know take the stage a bit because she is kind of unattached now and they're in a whole new world and so who knows what will come out of her you know so we've heard from Doug that yes. Saru wants both he and Burnham to be in the captain's chair mm. how does Burnham feel about that you know what exactly the same Burnham feels exactly the same um, because you know we bonded so much and we really earned the brother-sister um, dynamic that we that we now know we truly have and I think we both recognize that we bring out the best in each other, and we both recognize the best in each other. And I think we believe in each other so much that we would want it just as equally as we want it for ourselves. We have seen Burnham change so much in the last two seasons, but we've always seen her somehow tethered to something, whether it was Sarek or to Giorgio. What, is, what does she do now that, that might be gone? You know, that's a fundamental question. And that's a fundamental question that continues to get asked, and especially in this new future. And, you know, it's really well said, actually, because it is a matter of what tethers you. Because now that we've left everything that we know behind us and all we have is each other, that is the question we have to ask ourselves. Um, and that's certainly a question that I ask myself as Burnham every day, you know. Of course, there's Starfleet and there's the Federation, and then there, but then there's also the personal question of what am I tethered to personally now that everything that I've known is behind me, except for the people that are right in front of me. So, yeah, well said. We'll see. Thank you so much. Do you mind Thank take you. a quick picture? Yeah. And that just about does it for today. I don't know about you, but I am certainly more excited for Star Trek Discovery Season 3 after this weekend between New York Comic Con and Paley Fest. But if you'd like to reach out to our show, you can do so by emailing crew at womenatwarp.com or by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. And for more from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including the Priority One podcast, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.